What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Earn Your Good Day podcast, where we have a fundamental belief that people are more resilient, stronger, and far more capable of things than they are told or even believe are possible. I'm your host, Zach Kanadi. Now, before we kick off today's episode, I just want to say thank you to everybody who listened to the first one, and a ton of people gave me a lot of really positive feedback from it. Uh, and some criticism, constructive criticism, and I really enjoy that. Um, Like I said in the first episode, this is just something I wanted to try and put out and had uh, some skills that I wanted to learn, and I really wasn't sure if anybody was actually going to listen or enjoy it, Uh, so I really appreciate those of you that did and those that also gave me some feedback so that I can improve. All right, that's really what I want to do is just give out the best podcasts and I can only do that by making little changes or big changes along the way. And you guys listening, you know, you can give me some of that feedback as to how you think the show can improve. So thank you for that. Uh, But now let's kick off today's podcast. So this is the second episode and it's kind of going to fall into the theme of these first few episodes that are really going to be foundational and building or laying down the building blocks for a lot of future episodes so they'll make a lot more sense and I think these concepts are really um, they're cornerstones to earning a good day right if we if we get these right we have a really solid foundation to build off of for everything else so today's episode is going to be about perspective all right and we have four parts Uh, We're going to define perspective, say what it is. We're going to talk about how perspective can actually alter your body in a physical way and some scientific studies that back this up. Guys, they're crazy, Um, but we'll get to those. Also, what I believe is the most important perspective to have and why, as well as how to change your perspective. All right, so we got four parts today. I am all about perspective, laying this kind of foundational term, right? So let's just dive right into it. What is perspective? What does it actually mean? In the most simple way, it's how you view something, right? It can be a physical item or object. It can also be a mental outlook on life, right? So really easy example to kind of make this clear is let's take two managers, for example, right, at the same restaurant. Uh, the first manager you see, they're always working their butt off, they're always working really, really hard, and they seem to always, some for whatever reason, have a more positive outlook um, and attitude about things every day. Whereas the second manager, uh, you know, they always kind of seem down, they're always griping, bitching about things, like everything's always going wrong, uh, and they just seem to have this totally opposite view on the world right? What we know, because perspective is how you look at one thing, that the only thing that's different between these two managers is how they're viewing their job, right? Manager one, who has a really positive, um, encouraging outlook on it, you could say, is maybe looking at it as this is going to, all the tasks of a manager are bringing them closer to their goals. And that could be Uh, having a better restaurant or operation, right? They have certain sales goals 
They have, you know, they want to decrease loss. They want to run a tight ship, right? And all these things that they do are building and contributing towards those goals, all right? And it could also just be a secondary example is maybe they just don't take it very seriously, right? Maybe their perspective is, well, if something bad happens, at least somebody's not dead, all right? A little morbid, but it makes sense. Whereas the second person, we saw they had a really negative attitude. Everything's always falling apart. They don't want to be there. They'd rather be anywhere there. And they're viewing that job as actually detracting from things that they would rather be doing, right? Maybe it's hanging out with friends. It's going home, spending time with family, um, working on you know, their own personal project, whatever it is. The only difference between these two managers is how they view the job, right? The actual job of a manager, if we look at it objectively, did not change, right? They still have to do all the same tasks. They still have to go through all the same BS. So the job itself did not change, but their perspective or how they look at it has changed, right? So we're gonna talk about how how you look at an event or an object or a circumstance can really dictate your, you know, the outcome of it. And I think a really good place for that to start is how that actually affects our body, our physiology. So I mentioned we were going to talk about a couple of uh, scientific studies. Uh, the first two are done by Dr. Ali Crum, and she studies mindset. All right. So the first one is about a milkshake. Now, most of you are like, how the heck are we going to talk about perspective on a milkshake? And I, when I first heard this, um, heard about this uh, study, I was kind of mind blown. It's, you wouldn't expect it to be turned out how it is. It's really quite incredible. So how, what they did was there was one milkshake in two different groups, okay? So each group got the same exact milkshake, same nutrients, same ingredients, same calories, same everything. But before they had it, they were told different things about it. So the first group was told it was going to be this rich, luscious, extravagant, uh, indulgent milkshake, right? So I think of like dessert, um, you know, again, like creamy, dare I say a cheat meal, okay? So that's group one. Group two now was told it was going to be this healthy, nutrient-rich um, nourishing, low calorie, all these generally healthy, nourishing, positive things, right? It's clean, okay? And then what they did was they measured um, their satiety, so like how satisfied they were, full, their hormone level, so they took some blood, and they measured what they ate the rest of the day and their hunger throughout the day. Now, this is where it gets really, really crazy, okay? You would expect, at least I did, that the group who was told they were drinking a healthy milkshake would be fuller, more satisfied, and more satiated throughout the day and eat better. That's actually not the case at all. Uh, what they found was that the group who thought they were drinking an indulgent milkshake had lower... Uh, ghrelin hormones, and that is your hunger hormone. I remember it by, you know, when you're hungry, your stomach uh, grumbles. Ghrelin, grumbly, you get the idea. So they had lower hunger hormones, so they weren't as hungry later in the day. 
they had higher levels of satiety, so they felt more satisfied with the milkshake, okay? And they actually had a more favorable uh, blood response, so metabolic response, like their insulin levels, their lipid levels, all that was in a more optimal or favorable form after they ate it, okay? Now let's contrast that with the group that was told it was a healthy milkshake. Their ghrelin, their hunger hormone, was actually higher. So they had higher levels of hunger later on in the day. And they actually ended up eating more because they had lower levels of satisfaction and satiety. And they also had a less optimal metabolic response. And this is really quite crazy because they had the exact same milkshake. All the nutrients were the exact same. The only difference was what they thought about it, right? And this is mind-blowing, right? So we can, we can do this with all sorts of things. So let's take food, for example, right? It's, it's, I'm recording this on January 27th. It's a Thursday evening, and this will likely be released on Monday. But a lot of people have fitness goals and New Year's resolutions to lose weight. Well, it might actually be really beneficial to find something that is hopefully good for you, but that you find indulgent, right? Because then when you find it indulgent, you feel more liberated, right? Think about your, when you have dessert, you feel satisfied. But when you have the view of dieting, that kind of pre- previewing of it is very restrictive, right? Like you can't have this, you can't have that. Um, it's, it's binding, you know, people feel like they're limited. And then all these quote unquote cheat meals have the cookie jar effect. Well, the more you're told you can't have them, the more you want them, right? And you always feel like you're never getting enough because you have to be in this caloric deficit. But by simply changing how we view the food we're eating as being indulgent, right? And now we can't lie to ourselves. If you hate salad, you can't eat a salad and say, oh man, this is such an indulgent salad. Like, no, you have to actually believe it, folks. But if you eat something, right? So, it, for me personally, Noosa yogurt, all right? If I am trying to go on a diet and eat clean and I'm craving ice cream, what I'll do is I'll go, gets, go to my fridge, take some Noosa yogurt, which is just a brand I really like. It's really rich and creamy. And I will cut up some fresh fruits, maybe throw a little cacao powder in there, mix it up, and throw it in the freezer for about 45 minutes to an hour. And I take it out. It has a consistency of ice cream, soft serve ice cream. It is freaking delicious, people. I feel, I feel like I'm cheating, but it's just yogurt and fruit. It's literally frozen yogurt, okay? But because it feels and it tastes like ice cream, I feel like I'm indulging. I feel like I'm cheating, all right? And if we go based off of this study, likely what's going on in my body is more favorable than if I were just to eat it and think of it as normal yogurt. That's crazy, all right? Now, here's another one, okay? So we're gonna talk about exercise. So I'm a personal trainer and studied to be a dietitian. So I'm going to be talking a lot about this. Uh, Dr. Ali Crum, so the same scientist, took a uh, hotel and pulled all their cleaning staff. All right, so they did like uh, a physical, like vitals, blood panel, all that beforehand. 
And one of the questions on their survey was, how much exercise do you think you get in a day? Now, a third of them said zero, right? And the average answer from everybody was a three out of 10. 10 being like, I'm exercising for a marathon. I train 10 times a day. I'm a professional athlete, right? Like maximum levels of effort. They thought on average they were getting about a three out of 10. So really low levels of exercise or physical activity. Let's clarify that. And now let's think about what people who are cleaning staff do, right? In a hotel, they're pushing carts all day. They're changing beds. They're changing sheets, right? They're doing laundry. They're taking steps all day long. So they're never really sitting still. They're being really, really active, all right? So then what they did was they split the group into two. And the first group, they didn't do anything. Um, they just said, continue on. The second group, however, they educated them on... Uh, the American Physical Guidelines, which for those of you who don't know, is 150 minutes of moderate activity. Think of like a regular walk down the street, okay? Or 75 minutes of vigorous activity. This could be a brisk walk, a light jog, um, running, right? So those are kind of examples. And you just need a culmination of those throughout the week, okay? There is no, you have to do 30 minutes at one time. Uh, you can do freaking 150 bouts of one minute and you're kicking butt, all right? So they educated them and they told them how good just being active throughout the day is. And if you guys are just looking for health, low level activity throughout the day is actually the best thing you can do for your health, okay? So that'd be just walking, that'd be doing chores like laundry, uh, filling up your water bottle at the water uh, fountain, taking a lap around the office or your building, getting up from your desk or your couch, right? Just low level activity throughout the day is the best for your health. Anyways, back onto this. So they then measured them four weeks later. Group one, they had, who was told nothing, right? They just continued them, that was their control group, had no change, all right? Their body stayed the same, their weight stayed the same, blood pressure, all of it stayed the same. Group two, however, also did not increase any amount of physical activity, but they lost weight, had gained muscle, had a better, um, and they dropped their blood pressure by 10 points. Uh, those of you who aren't in like the medical field, that's a huge drop, right? Like that's what you're looking for when you're on anti-hypertension or, or when you're on blood pressure medications. They're, you're looking for like a 10 to 15 point drop, okay? So this is, all they did was they changed their perspective, right? So this is remarkable, folks. Um, and it, it, they simply did it by changing their perspective. And the last one I want to get into is kind of a negative view, right? So I've been, the last two examples have been a very positive view on increasing it, right? Like when you have a positive outlook, it's very beneficial. Well, what about if I have a negative outlook? Am I just the same, right? Does anything in my body change? No, as you can guess, based off of the previous two examples, having a negative outlook actually has detrimental effects on your body, okay? It makes you literally run down. You get more physical stress. And they did this testing rats. And uh, I, apparently rats really like to run. You know, you always think of them in a running wheel. Uh, but they, when they choose to run, right, and how they did this study was they paired up a bunch of rats and one rat got to run whenever they wanted. 
okay? So they could run for a second, they could run for minutes, they could run for hours. It was all in their fruition whenever they want to. The second group of rats had to run whenever rat A, that first rat, ran. So that first rat just ran for hours and hours and hours. Rat number two was forced to run. And then they did blood panels, lipids, they did all these different tests. And the rats that were forced to run actually had really negative effects. They had really high levels of CRP, which is a measure of your inflammation in your body. Okay, they had really high cortisol levels, and most of you guys have probably heard of that as the stress hormone, right? Which it is. So their body was actually in a stressed or fight or flight response, and they actually lost fitness. They had um, lower muscles uh, tone, all these things that were detrimental simply because they were forced to run. Now the rats that chose got to choose when they ran. All of those values were positive. They were better. They had increased cardiorespiratory fitness, right? Their hearts got stronger. They ran more effectively. Whereas the ones who were forced to lost that cardiorespiratory fitness. They were more inflamed. They were at a higher risk of illness. So this is really crazy, guys, because when we view things that we're forced to do, right? Let's say a job, every single job is going to have parts you don't want to do. You can't get around it. We just can't. As much as we want to, there are parts of jobs that we just have to do. If we view them as such a negative, right, and that they're, oh, this, I have to do all this paperwork. It's the worst thing ever. That's actually going to hurt us on a physical level. You're going to be more likely to get sick. Your health is going to deteriorate. You're going to lose fitness. You're going to be more stressed. And all of those things make it more likely that that cycle continues. Right? So you're going to continue to view it negatively. You're going to continue to be more stressed. You're going to continue to be more prone to anxiety. You're going to continue to lose your cardiorespiratory fitness simply because you view it as a negative and something you're forced to do that you don't want to. Whereas if you have a little bit more of a positive outlook on it, like, hey, even though these things suck, they're bringing me towards some goal. I want to do really good at this job. And even though I don't like doing all this paperwork, it's going to make me better because my boss is going to like me. And maybe in a year, six months, I'm going to get a raise or I'm going to get that attaboy or girl. right? So our perspective on the same thing can have physical results to our body, right? So if we're injured, you know, we view it as a, a detriment. It's going to slow our recovery. If we're sick and we just continue to dwell on the negative and how bad it all is, we're going to be sick longer. But if we can say, you know what? I'm in this bad spot. I'm sick. I'm injured. I have to do all these things I don't necessarily love doing, but I'm going to get over it and I'm going to come out better on the other side. Our body's going to help us do that. Yeah, this is crazy. Okay. And I kind of want to transition into the next part, which is what I think is the most important perspective you can have in life. And that is simply that things can change, right? That things are not stagnant. This might be considered more of a mindset, but I think it ties in a lot 
to perspective because if you if we view the world and especially ourselves as fixed it has a couple consequences to it one we are now powerless we have no chance of doing anything about it right you can't change yourself you can't change your circumstance you are at the mercy of the world you have no say you have no control you have no ability to improve you're just stuck and honestly guys i don't know about you but i don't like that feeling i actually hate it it that feeling of being stuck of being helpless i hate it so much that it drives a lot of what i do i've realized this after a lot of self-reflection and just self-awareness i am driven to always improve because i hate the feeling of being stuck being helpless being that can't do anything about it that much right so you want to have the opposite view of that that we can change not necessarily that we can get better right because we're not always guaranteed getting better we can't guarantee that so we don't want to assume that because things might get worse but simply that things can change, okay? Because if things can change, that means when we're in a bad spot, one, it's going to pass eventually, and two, there's a chance that we can do something to help it pass faster, or we can do something to come out of it stronger. And that is powerful, because now, even if something is not your fault, Right, you lost your job, you got in a car accident, and it's totally the other person's fault. There are some things that you can do to come out on top, to come out better than you would have. Uh, right, you're not helpless. You have the option to fight for yourself, to fight for your future. You can stand up more confidently because you know you are the one who's going to be able to push through. You have the option to push through. Right, It's simply that it might be terrible right now, but if I put in the work, it can get better. Right, It is never guaranteed it will get better, but there's the possibility that it will get better. Right, And that is something to cling to. That is hope at its essence. Right, You can have hope if you believe things can change. And how many stories have you heard about someone going through the most ridiculous circumstances simply because they had hope. Like the power that it has, that things can get better. It's incredible. How do we change that perspective, right? Let's say we have the perspective that everything's fixed. We have the perspective that we are powerless or that things are just going to be negative forever. Right, we've been heck, we've been in a pandemic for two years, and honestly, it's very easy to see how you can have developed that. We, at least in America, we're told what we have to do. We're told we, if uh, some jobs are told you have to get a vaccine, some places are told you have to wear a mask, and if you don't, you're gonna get fired or you can't come in or you can't do certain things. You know, it's always an ultimatum, meaning the other group, the other party has the power. Okay, so they're they're taking away yours. That can lead to it seeming like you have no power, like things are not going to change. You have no option in it. And maybe you don't this second, 
right? But if we have the viewpoint that things can change, and get better. So how do we change that perspective that we have? It comes down to one big word. And I mean big as it's in weighty. And that's self-awareness, right? And that comes in a couple different forms, Ron. We have to look at in what areas of our life do we have this perspective that it's fixed or that we're stuck or we're powerless, okay? We have to first identify it. Because if we don't know how to identify or where we're starting from, right, then we don't know what to change and we're just spinning our wheels, turning around in circles, and then we get really frustrated because we're like, I have no progress. Why am I even doing this, right? All this work obviously is for nothing. Nothing's ever going to change because I don't even know what to start. I keep putting in all this effort. Nothing's changing. Yada, yada, yada. I hate this. I quit. I'm done. All right, so we have to identify where this perspective is coming from. And then two, we have to try and figure out what caused us or why, what is the reasoning that we have this perspective in the first place. And guys, this is where it can get really deep and kind of ugly for some people, okay? Um, the world is not all sunshine and rainbows. And when you go through a hardship or a traumatic experience, it can really shape a lot of views. The easiest thing that comes to mind is abuse. Uh, it is, it's, it's an atrocity. I don't know how else to put it. Uh, and if you go through that, it's very easy to see how you are totally powerless, that you have no choice, that you have no options, right? So we have to, and that's the second step. So the first is identifying what and where do we have this viewpoint. Step two is why. Where did it come from? What is the root? And guys, this is honestly the hardest step, right? Because sometimes you have to look at what I call the ugly truth. It's not pretty. It's not fun. And it freaking hurts a lot. It might bring up a lot of past trauma, a lot of past pain that you just want to forget, I understand you want to forget it and you don't want to face it. But if you want to change, you're going to have to. And this is where it's really great um, to call on a really trusted family member or friend. If you don't have that option, try and see a therapist. Okay, if you don't have that option, this is where it's good to journal. To I have a voice recording app on my phone and I just kind of talk sometimes because it's easier than journaling. I don't have to go through the filter of my hand and I'll listen back to it sometimes. Uh, but we have to understand the reasoning behind it and where it came from because then we can get to the root of the issue and actually change. If we just do the surface symptoms, we never actually change. And this is the hardest part because we have to dig into the old, the covered up roots. We have to dig them up and that takes effort. It takes a lot of bravery, courage, and strength to do that sometimes because it's not pretty always. And it might hurt a whole lot. But if we want to change and we want to improve, it's a step we have to take. Once we identify the reasoning why, and you're like, all right, what do I do? We take one small 
step forward today. And then we do the same thing tomorrow and the same thing the next day. And then eventually we're going to be able to take a little bit bigger of a step. And we're going to take that slightly bigger step again and again and again and again. And it's going to be a whole lot of work and we're not going to see a lot of progress right away. But eventually we're going to take a little bit bigger of a step. We're going to notice another scenario. We're going to see, oh, I had this viewpoint. I'm going to actively choose to try and view this in a different light. And we're going to have to tell ourselves that. And you're going to have to take a lot of conscious effort and redirect your thinking. And it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of awareness, especially at the beginning. But eventually, and the more consistent we are with taking these little steps, the easier it begins, right? This is the most akin to a baby learning how to walk. They take a lot of first steps. They take a lot of single steps. And they take two or three steps in a row. Then they take 10. And then they take 30. And then they're running across the room. And then they don't ever stop. Right? But it all started with one step. And if we want to even go before that, it started with to be able to stand up. And before that is to even crawl. And before that is to get themselves on all fours. Right? So it's just a little step every single day. And enough of those steps, and eventually you're at the end of the trail. Eventually you made the change. And that all comes down back to this core belief that things can change. There's the potential for it. So I want to leave you guys with a little bit of a call to action today. And that call to action is just to observe your perspective on things, particularly when you don't want to do them. Okay, just observe it. There's nothing else. You're not trying to judge yourself. You're not trying to, you know, put any prepositions or pre-thought to it. Just ask yourself, what is my perspective on this? Okay, and try and be as honest as you can. And once you've done that, if you don't like the answer that you came up with, ask yourself if it might be beneficial to have a slightly different perspective. And if it is, if you find it beneficial, I challenge you to try and implement that perspective. Just for that instance. Okay? So observe your perspectives, particularly in things you don't want to do. And ask yourself if a different perspective might make it better or more manageable. So guys, that's the show. We covered a lot of information today. Um, I hope you take that call to action serious and implement it. If you do, let me know what you think. Um, And if you found this show useful or entertaining or you think somebody else should hear it, go out and share it. Share it on your social medias. Have a conversation about it. I think that's even more powerful um, you know, journal about it, meditate on it, tell somebody about it, and go out and earn your good day.